0: Let's begin. Today on the podcast, as part of our September PCOS Awareness Month, it is my pleasure to welcome Bridget Warren to the podcast. Bridget and I connected over Instagram and her handle is PCOS underscore to underscore wellness. She has gone through... The PCOS journey herself and come out the other side. And she's going to chat with us a little bit today, all about her journey, some of the lifestyle changes that she makes, and some of the things that have really helped her on her path with PCOS. So, welcome, Bridget. Thank you. Super excited to be on. I would love to dive right in and go right back to the beginning of when you perhaps thought that something wasn't quite right.
1: Hmm. Yeah, so I guess the real pivotal point for me was when I came off the contraceptive pill and I'd been on it for 10 years and at that point just thought it was like the greatest thing in the world because... I basically cleared up all my, I had some acne. I magically got my period, which I'd never had before. So I had, you know, this um, regular period, obviously it wasn't a period, but you know, for the sake of this argument, a period. Um, and I was modeling at the time. So, you know, having clear skin was really, really important to me. Um, so it was a bit of a miracle worker. So I, I happily stayed on that for 10 years and Didn't really think about it. Um, I certainly didn't understand the effects it's having on my body until I got married and decided two years ago to come off the pill and just you know get ready for babies. So I came off the pill, and I remember this day distinctly because I came off the pill, and then two weeks later, I had a. I have another business, and I was in Brisbane for that business, and I noticed my skin broke out in tiny, 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 tiny little pimples all over my face within three hours. It was the most bizarre thing ever. And I just put it down to, okay, maybe it's, I'm in Brisbane, or maybe I've had like, you know, humidity or an allergic reaction to something. And that was the very first moment I started to notice something. From then onwards, I experienced that tiny little pimples turn into full-blown cystic acne over my face, neck, Back and chest. I also had severe migraines to the point where I was throwing up because my body was going through withdrawals from coming off the pill. My hair started to fall out, particularly around the hairline, which is male yep. pattern baldness. And then I also just felt really, really unwell. I had brain fog. It was, I just started to not even look like myself because of all these physical symptoms that were occurring. So that was really when I first noticed something something was wrong. At this point I wasn't aware that I had PCOS or what the actual issue was. Right.
0: And so how long did that
1: period of like what the fuck <laughs> go
0: on for? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it went on for about 6 months before I actively took any I guess did anything actively about it because everyone said to me okay it can take 3 months for your body to regulate after coming off the pill so I was like all right I'll, I'll give myself 3 months that makes sense I've been on it for 10 years I kind of got to the 4 5 month mark and I was just noticing the symptoms were actively getting worse as a, as you know rather than getting better so that was very confronting for me and I had had to end this time as well sort of stop modeling because my Acne and my hair loss was so bad. And so that was really starting to play a really big part on my mental health. I was experiencing severe anxiety about just going out in public. I to go out and walk the dogs. I'd put a hat, full face of makeup, like cover myself up as much as possible just because I was so concerned about what people would think when they saw me. So once it started affecting me mentally, that's when I was like, okay, something really isn't right here. I need to go find out what it is. So that started my very long um, journey to finding a doctor that would finally, um, I guess, diagnose me. So I went to five different doctors where I had Six months before I went to a doctor, I started to then see a doctor at the six-month mark. It took me over six months to then be diagnosed with PCOS. So I went to five different doctors. They all said to me, okay, we don't know what it is, but we can put you on antibiotics for your skin or we can um, put you back on the pill. They were the kind of the two options for me. I also, at this point, had not had a period. So I had was coming up to sort of the eight, nine-month mark and not even a sign of having any sort of period. So that was really starting to worry me. In the end, I found a doctor um, and she basically said, has anyone done any tests with you? And I said, no. And I was sitting there just crying and begging her to do some tests with me. So she obviously tested my hormones. And between the test results, we came back overwhelmingly for having very, very high testosterone levels and hormonal imbalances, Mm -hmm. as well as the physical symptoms. I finally um, received my PCOS diagnosis. So, there's multiple types of PCOS. um, And so, would you say that you have lean PCOS? Is that how? Yeah, I mean, it's so, I, I guess so, because I'm certainly not overweight and I've always been on the, I guess, leaner side. But I found when I'm looking at these different types of PCOS, I haven't ever really just fit into one category because I had all the pre-existing like looking back you know I never got my period I had one period when I was in year eight and then I never got one again and that's why I was put on the pill Um, and then I had these really high testosterone levels so yes I think part of it is yes I have lean PCOS because I'm lean but I also think that there was you know inflammation in there I think there was a a number of different things I have PCOS which one I have I'm not going to sort of I guess put a title on it
0: yeah but do you feel that you know because you weren't overweight that may have mm. been like all of the doctors were overlooking your oh,
1: yes i yeah i don't think i fit what they had been taught was a stereotypical pcos looking person and i think the number one thing that they were looking for was being overweight and having insulin issues and possibly having facial hair which I didn't experience and so they were looking at me going okay we don't have those symptoms so you don't have PCOS and so it wasn't until I I guess found a doctor who was slightly more educated in it that she said well you actually don't need to have any of those symptoms to have it so in that regard 100% yes I think that is why my diagnosis took a lot longer than it should have.
0: And so had you already pieced together yourself that you might have PCOS or when you saw this fifth doctor and she said it's PCOS, were you like,
1: huh? It's really interesting. And I, so my background is I actually uh, have a public health and health promotion background and I had no idea how little I actually knew about the female body and hormones and ovulation until I was diagnosed. And it makes me really sad to think, okay, well, you know, I actually have this degree and I still didn't know know much about it at all. It's not something we were taught at in school. So I I guess as time went on, I definitely knew it was something to do with hormones because of all the symptoms I was experiencing, I definitely was like, okay, this is definitely hormonal related. And The fact that I hadn't had a period was really playing on my mind. I didn't particularly know it was PCOS because everyone kept saying to me, you're not overweight, you're not overweight, you're not overweight, you don't have PCOS. So Mm -hmm. I kept going, okay, yeah, they're right. I'm not overweight. So I mustn't have PCOS interestingly i had noticed as the months were creeping on i was gaining a little bit of weight around my midsection and i don't know whether if that was related or if it was you know a stress related thing as well and i was just holding on to that extra weight but i did notice that but i certainly was by no means overweight i guess that definitely i didn't know i had PCOS, but i knew i was pointing in the direction of some sort of hormonal imbalance
0: then you received your diagnosis what treatment was recommended for that
1: yeah. So, so basically, I, I had the diagnosis thrown at me. Hey, you have PCOS. Um, you're probably not going to be able to conceive naturally because you don't ovulate. Uh, there's no cure. And the only things we can suggest for you at this point is to go back on the pill, which obviously means you won't be able to have children at, at all. Or we can look at taking Clomid to help with ovulation, mm. which is obviously a... Not a natural way of doing it, and I definitely didn't want to do that. Or they said, We can put you back on antibiotics for your skin, and so they they were basically my three options. And so, band aid, band aid, band aid, let's just slap another band aid on there and on your way. So, I walked out of there feeling, yeah, I guess, <laughs> very shocked and um appalled, and I guess having my health background as well, I really was quite appalled by what was being thrown at me, and I just thought, She's not. Looked at anything that might help with actual natural ways that might be able to help me with fertility or help me with these symptoms I was experiencing. So, me being a bit of a nerd, I guess I left that doctor's office and I had all these scripts in my hand. And instead of going straight to the pharmacy, um, I called a few people, had a cry about it, and then I went home and just got straight into researching. <laughs> I was going to research as much as I could until I knew exactly what this condition was and um, I had a really good understanding of. What causes it and why does it occur and are there any ways I could naturally um, help myself?
0: And so what uh, things have you found to be the most effective in managing your symptoms and getting, I suppose, more to the root cause of what's going on?
1: First and foremost was my diet. I think that diet plays such a huge role in any type of PCOS, any type of hormonal condition, uh, any condition really, I think the first thing you should look at is your diet. So yep. um, I was already vegetarian at the time. I decided after doing you know, quite a lot of, and I'd been thinking about going plant-based for quite a while, but I guess I had always found it a little bit tricky, particularly with social situations and things like that to make the full leap over to plant-based. Um, but I thought, you know what, what the hell, this is my health I'm talking about if I'm not going to do you know do it for my health what What am I going to do it for so I thought let's do it I also had been thinking about plant-based diet purely for ethical reasons as well for a very long time I'm a huge animal lover so that it appealed to me on many levels I switched over to a plant-based diet and I really focused on foods that help to lower inflammation and I cut out a lot of foods that cause inflammation. So I cut out alcohol, I cut out caffeine, I cut out processed sugars, I cut out gluten and I cut out yeast. And obviously I think which is the biggest one for me was I cut out dairy. And I obviously didn't eat meat at that point, but I think dairy was a real turning point for me. So diet was a really, really big one. And then I I started to look at different things i was doing in my everyday life so in terms of supplements i added in some different supplements i added in supplements like zinc magnesium i had a supplement called berberine which i used for quite a while which i think helped a lot and then i looked at herbs and i, I used a lot of different herbs and i finally was able to come to a really good mix of herbs that helped me immensely and then the other thing i think was stress lowering my stress levels
0: yeah so full disclosure. One of my podcasts, <laughs> a few podcasts back, was all about why I don't recommend the keto diet. <laughs>
1: uh but yeah. I yeah.
0: See a lot of advice out there that promotes things like the keto diet for fertility. And I don't see, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to connect with you, I don't see that many mm-hmm. people talking about a plant-based diet for PCOS and other infertility conditions. And I am yeah. a big advocate myself of uh, like plant-based diets for reducing inflammation so I'm really yes. interested to learn about I guess maybe because you were vegetarian already but why that you didn't go down that sort of path
1: well I, I I did a lot of research into it and I knew and I think anyone who really looks into it even on a base level will find that um, any foods that come from animals Sorry, that's my baby, if you can hear that screaming. Um, Any foods that come from animals generally are going to have some source of inflammation in it, whether it's um, meat and, you know, the way that... Sorry, is that really annoying?
0: (laughs) We have a spoiler alert.
1: We have a success story.
0: (laughs) We're all good. (laughs) So you did the research and Mm. when we talked about sort of any kind of meat is inflammation
1: promoting? Yeah, so I think that any sort of animal product is going to have some sort of inflammation in it to some degree. So whether it's the actual meat itself, whether it's the way the animal was treated and the um, enormous amount of stress and anxiety that it occurs before it's killed, um, as well as obviously its own hormones and its own um, chemicals that they've got in their own body, particularly when it comes to dairy. It's packed with hormones that are for little baby cows and not for little you know humans or baby humans I think that that's a really big one and I I highly recommend anyone just to go and have a look and do some of their own research into animal products like I think it's not surprising I think people know now but I think you'll be shocked to just know how much you know inflammation causing things are inside animal products
0: yeah and even I guess just try it for three months and see you know like yeah you're different
1: I guess well, that's the other thing, and it was a really big um, influencing decision on on going plant-based was my sister, who is the biggest carnivore, self-declared carnivore in the world, she um, actually suffered from very, very bad endometriosis and got to the point where she was sort of at her wits end, had done all the things the doctors had recommended, had done the surgery, had done everything, and still having huge amounts of pain. Um, she did her own research. I, you know, my mom's nutritionist, I've got health background, my dad's mom's between us. We all kind of, you know, said, look, why don't you look at some other ways to reduce your inflammation? And so she went plant-based and within, I would say a month, she was pretty much pain free. She went from chronic pain to, to pain free. So that was again, another thing I, I was literally looking at her thinking, well, if she can do it and it's helped her so much, then it's going to be a no brainer for me to try So you mentioned stress as well. What Mm. are your thoughts on
0: stress as a trigger or an amplifier for PCOS symptoms? I think it's
1: huge. I think it's such an overlooked um, trigger and I think that it's almost as important as, you know, you can do everything right. You can be taking all the right herbs and supplements. You can be doing everything correct in terms of your diet, but if you are still stressed, your hormones essentially cannot work cortisol essentially shuts down your hormones so i think it's so so important and i think that it's the missing piece to a lot of people's jigsaw puzzles i always talk about like a jigsaw and you can have all the pieces but if they're not in perfectly and you know if you're missing just one of those pieces then unfortunately you know everything's not going to work so i mean this will put it into perspective i fell pregnant on holidays and i think that you know That just shows that when my stress levels were down, my body was able to really function. And the other thing that I talk about a lot, and I think another really overlooked thing is that as women these days, we are doing everything. You know, we're running businesses, we're having successful careers, we're studying, we're having babies, we're socializing, we're cooking dinner, we're keeping the households going. And yet, you know, we're still we're still meant to think that our bodies can function where biologically our our bodies were meant to do one thing, and that was kind of be baby makers and look after the household, and not do all these other things. And I'm definitely not saying that I think that that's what women should do because I am um, obviously a walking contradiction. I've got two businesses myself, so um, I'm a bit of a workaholic, but. I do think we need to take a step back and go, all right, well, if we're going to do all these things, and I think we can do all these things and we do need to make time for ourselves and we need to really acknowledge that even low grade stress, which I think many of us have, is going to affect our hormones to some degree. Yeah, I totally agree. And we've had so many, we have a fertility warrior intensive
0: program. It's the 12 week Mm -hmm. program and we just focus on stress. And we have had so many women who have been doing all the things right, but who just fall pregnant during the program, and that's not necessarily the aim of the program, but that is awesome benefit of the program. Um, So what do you do to, I guess, manage the stress that you're under? So you have two businesses. You were obviously, you know, when you were diagnosed with PCOS, like having all of these symptoms, and that could, you know, sometimes I think that the physical symptoms like hair loss and like, you know, cystic acne, even though they're surface things, I feel that they can Mm -hmm. be really stressful for us. So what did you do? How did we Uh, start with managing the stress?
1: Yeah, so I totally agree. I think that um, having those symptoms, it was just like a vicious cycle. It was kind of like, you know, I want to fix everything, but I'm so concerned and stressed about how I'm looking physically that my body can't repair and heal. So... When we talk about
0: stress and managing stress, I think sometimes it's a little bit more, you know, we all know that we can't just say, just relax. Things like cystic acne, like hair loss, sometimes I find that those physical symptoms can be really distressing. So what did you do to manage your stress and start promoting, you know, sort of a healthier, I guess, stress response in your body?
1: Yeah. First of all, I just want to say I totally agree. I think that um, having those physical symptoms just creates this really vicious cycle of, okay, you wake up, you're so stressed and anxious about what you look like, which obviously (laughs) raises all your cortisol and your body goes into this really high stress response and then everything just can't function again. So it's this big vicious cycle that you get stuck in. So I can totally relate to anyone who's going, okay, well, how do I even manage stress when I can't even walk out the door because I'm so riddled with anxiety? So for me, the first thing I became really aware of, and I've done yoga for years and years and years, love yoga. I think yoga is fantastic, highly recommended to everyone. But I would do yoga to kind of get a little workout, come home, you know, be done with yoga. I had to really take a step back and go, all right, I'm going to go and be mindful. I'm going to start being mindful. And it's something I learned in yoga, but I wasn't, I guess, putting into practice. So I started to go to yoga and I started to become more present, more often aware of what was going on and my yoga teacher taught me how to be mindful and one of the things she said to me and I will still remember it to this day and I think it's such a great tip is if you need a moment to yourself it doesn't matter where you are if you're at your office if you're going for a walk if you're at home wherever whatever the situation is and you just need to take a deep deep there and be mindful and reduce your stress find things around you that you've never noticed before for me I started to put into my daily life when I walk the dogs is I would do I do the same route almost every day, but I started to notice all these different things. So I'd say to myself, oh, I'm gonna notice a bird sitting on the fence. I'm gonna notice that person's door handle. I'm gonna notice this pathway to the beach that I've never noticed before. And I started to do that every day. And it stopped me from checking my emails. It stopped me from, you know, walking so briskly and intensely to get home and keep working. I just took a moment and I really started to enjoy my walks a lot more. So that was something I did and I I actually physically could feel the stress kind of draining away as I did that. So that was one thing. And then the other thing that I, I did as well and I still try to use my breath, sounds a bit hippy-dippy, but I do think that if you can learn to use your breath to your advantage and just take a moment, take a few breaths, it does, again, you feel the stress actually draining away from your body. So it is really, really nice thing to do. And I really noticed um, when I used it was during my birth. So that was something I really practiced there and I'm, it was hugely beneficial for me. But if I was going to give anyone any tips about reducing stress from someone who's a workaholic and finds stress really hard to manage, they would be my two tips.
0: <laughs> awesome. Um, and I noticed the other day on your Instagram, which I thought was awesome as well is you talked about exercise and cortisol um, and I kind of mm. have a similar philosophy are you able to tell me a little bit about your thoughts on exercise and cortisol
1: yeah yeah for sure and I think again it's a really overlooked one but for um, many women and again everyone is different and I truly believe that but for personally for me and I know for a lot of other women as well We all tend to have this mentality of like go in, go hard, work out really strongly and then, you know, do this high-intensity workout and then be done with it. That's never resonated with me. I never really knew why and I'd look at all my friends who would, you know, love to do these pump classes and these really high-intensity classes and I would just sit there and think, oh, gosh, that that sounds like my worst nightmare. But I'm starting to realise that I think it was my body's way of telling me, hey, that's actually going to be detrimental to you because stress comes in all forms and stress can still come if you're working out really hard and putting a lot of pressure on your body that is still causing it stress even though it might not be stress from having an argument or having physical you know acne or whatever it's still stress it still causes your cortisol to rise so I would highly recommend to anyone who you know loves these high intensity workouts or that's what they kind of do is to maybe break it up a little bit um, and go to something a bit more low intensity so for me I don't run. I will flat out say I do not run. I, I used to run when I was younger. I hated it. I was good at it. I hated it. And um, I think it was, again, my body saying, hey, this is not great for you, but I don't run. I If I'm going to work out, I do yoga or I do um, a Pilates class and I use my own body weight for that. So I love yoga. I love Pilates. I love walking. I could walk for hours and hours and hours. And I think, again, sometimes I have to stop myself from doing these really kind of like fast paced, strong walks and just to Take a step back and go, yeah, I'm just going to enjoy this walk. Um, and then maybe I'll do, you know, a bit of a faster pace towards the end or something like that to get some exercise, but it's not the main purpose of it. And then I love swimming, I love anything that's sort of in the water or in nature, um, just getting outside, getting some fresh air. But I think the point I'm getting at is that. Uh, you can cause stress to your body by doing high intensity workouts and that in turn turns to cortisol, which can muck up all your hormones. So take a really good look at what your exercise regime might be. And if you are trying to conceive or fertility is a really big thing for you, I think that it's well worth having a look at and maybe just giving your body a break for a few months and just sticking to some really enjoyable, nice exercise things that you can do just in your own time and not so stressful on your body.
0: Awesome. So, what do your symptoms look like now? What's
1: your transformation been? Mm. Well, obviously, uh, I was able to help my hair loss and my acne, and that's pretty much, you know, really under control now. I will say, and I'm, I'm six months today postpartum, um, I've had to learn how to remanage my PCOS being postpartum. And obviously there's a lot of supplements and things you can't take and things like that. So I've had a few flare ups, had a few acne flare ups. I had a lot of postpartum hair loss, but that's obviously not necessarily PCOS related, but you know, that did happen. And I definitely was getting flashbacks when it all happened a year or so ago. So I'm really managing that. I think that I believe that PCOS is something that you, you have to manage for however long, you know, you have to manage it for. I don't believe it's kind of like, okay, you take all this and you're cured. I think you get yourself to a point where it becomes super manageable and you just, it becomes part of your lifestyle and it's easy and you know it's there, but it doesn't affect you because you know how to manage it. So for me now, I know that it's there. Um, I'm aware of it, but I don't let it rule my life. PCOS is not who I am it's just something that I have and that's totally fine and many other women have it as well but I just have to keep a handle on things since I've had my baby sleep deprivation is is real I'm really struggling with the sleep deprivation so that's definitely causing another type of stress on my body and I have to be aware that's happening and not get too hard on myself when I can't you know necessarily eat as well as I'd like to eat or give myself the time that I would normally give myself if I didn't have a baby but that's life and I you know I've got a little baby so I'm not complaining. <laughs> and you
0: obviously got some periods back so
1: <laughs> to make I happen. did so I managed to yeah I managed to get my cycles but just before I fell pregnant I my cycle was a nearly a 35-day cycle and I went from never having a period I had had one period in my life um, and then they kind of went to 60-day cycles and to, to sort of like 50 day cycles to 40 day cycles. And then by the end I was kind of at like a 35 day cycle and that was becoming quite regular. And I know that still sounds long to a lot of people. Obviously it is long, but from someone who'd not had a cycle, I I could not have been happier. I was literally having period parties left, right and center. It was like such an exciting thing for me. And the other really great thing that came out of having PCOS was understanding my body and really learning these signs and symptoms that my body was trying to tell me something was unbalanced and learning how to track my periods and ovulation and all these different things which I never would have known about um, and knowing when I was fertile and not fertile. So uh, as much as PCOS has been, you know, really hard, one of the hardest things I've ever gone through, It's some great things have come out of it as well. So before we move on to the speed round, I would love
0: you Mm. to tell us what you're up to now, where we can find you, you know, what you've got going on.
1: Yeah, I've got a fair bit going on at the moment. So obviously I'm a new mum, so I'm learning how to be a new mum and I'm just absolutely loving it. It's the best thing ever. I've got a couple of businesses. One is completely unrelated to any health or anything. It's a Silver Fox Management, which is Australia's first mature age modeling agency. So it's super random, but amazing kind of niche that we've branched into and we're sort of changing the way the industry looks at models and beauty. And then I've also got my Instagram account, which is PCOS underscore to underscore wellness and my website and blog, which is PCOS to wellness.com. And on there, I talk about all my journey. I've got heaps of hormone balancing recipes and tips and things that have helped me with fertility, my hair loss, acne, all that kind of stuff I talk about on uh, particularly my Instagram. I'm very active on there. Um, And I'm super excited because I bought out a few months ago my herbal, it's a medicinal herbal tea called Sisterhood, and that is specifically... Or women who have PCOS or hormonal imbalances to help with regulating, you know, their hormones, helping with their fertility, helping with any symptoms they might be experiencing. So I just love it, and then we're getting so many success stories from it, which I just never thought would happen. So I'm, I feel so like grateful I've been able to bring a product like this to the market. And then as of next week, I'm also launching another herbal tea, which is to help mamas who have just had babies and maybe struggling with their milk supply or lactation. So I'm um, bringing that out too. And that that's, again, another symptom of PCOS is a lot of women struggle with their milk supply and end up, you know, often not being able to breastfeed or, or really stressing from it. So hopefully this will help a few women as well in that, that area. But, yeah, so just a few things going on. Yeah. Another little thing, um, we've got our own podcast coming out soon too, which is called The PCOS Girls, and it'll be myself and my co-host, Melissa Christie, and we're talking about all things PCOS and just kind of like you know, it's real, it's here, and this is the reality and and things that have helped us on our journey.
0: So awesome. So I cannot wait. (laughs) We'll we'll definitely share that when that goes live. So it's time for
1: our quick speed round now. What's the dinner tonight? Okay, so dinner tonight, which is I reckon I have it like three times a week, um, is my anti-inflammatory curry. Uh, It's basically just lentils, turmeric, lots of veggies and a veggie broth as well it's delicious. Mm, (laughs) Uh, What is a book that you think everyone needs to read? Oh gosh, and I wish it was in schools as well. Um, The Period Repair Manual by Laura Bryden. I think it's just such a great book. What's your favourite quote? The quote I'm living by at the moment, and I think a lot of mamas will relate to this, is that this too shall pass. So when I'm up at 2 a.m. breastfeeding for an hour and no one's getting sleep, I just calmly tell myself that this too shall pass. And it seems to be getting me through those hard nights. (laughs) Awesome. Last question.
0: If you could shake people and just scream something at them, what would it be?
1: Well, I I genuinely wish I could shake people and scream at them sometimes. And I just want to tell them to be your own advocate. You know, if you're not going to stand up for yourself, no one else is going to do it. You know, if a doctor tells you one thing, don't take it as the only way there is or the only advice that you should be taking. Do your research. There's so many great resources out there now. It's something I've learned to do and it can be really hard to stand up for yourself sometimes, but you just got to do it. And I promise you it will do you the world of good and you won't look back.
0: Bridget, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you and I've loved you know everything that we've dived into today. So thank you so much. Thank you. It's been such
1: a pleasure. I can't wait to listen to all your other podcasts now too. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to the Fertility Warriors podcast with me, your host, Robin Birkin. If you would like more tools, resources, and courses to help you survive your journey, please head to robinbirkin.com. And if you like this podcast, please share it with others. I look forward to catching you at the next episode.